I don't think I've ever been like introduced before, so it's pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, I, I did click it actually. So, um, it, it's really cool because I was talking to Scott uh, probably like a week or two ago, um, just kind of about like what does this look like and things like that, and. Uh, I'm going over this, Holly and I are going over kind of like the same thing, uh, different order, and, uh, but we're talking about the people in Hebrews 11 as well at SBC, and uh, so when I did some research on that, I, I watched a video uh, from Tim Mackey, who, uh, he's one of the guys who does the Bible Project, they do about 10 minute videos of each of the books of the Bible, um, anyway, he's a pastor in Seattle or Portland, up that way, and uh, so I was talking to him about it, and it was really funny because Scott's like, oh, I actually, you know, I watched that video too, and, you know, that's where I pulled some of my resources from as well. And so I think that was really cool um, because it, it really ha- uh, explains a couple of the points that I want to talk to tonight really, really well and uh, just really pictures it, uh, yeah, in a way that I understood it really well, and so hopefully you guys can too. And so I, I know Scott uh, has already done this uh, picture of of what this looks like, but uh, I'll go ahead and redo it again because it takes like two minutes. Um, but, uh, you know, here's my stool, so it's up here. Uh, is, is there anything behind me, like a chair or a stool, a movable sitting platform behind me in my general vicinity? No. There, there are steps, but there is no stool or chair or sitting apparatus. Um, uh, if I were to believe that there was a chair or stool behind me uh, right now, I, uh, I, I wouldn't have faith. I, I would be stupid. There is no chair. There is no uh, stool. Um, and now I'm going to pretend like I don't know what's about to happen, but Drew is going to place my stool somewhere behind me, but let's, for the sake of this, pretend like I, I do not know this is happening. No idea. What's happening? I have no, oh, what? Oh, sweet. <laughs> okay. Uh, is there a stool behind me? Yes. There is. Is there a good reason for me to believe that there is a stool behind me? Yes. No. Okay, I got people that say no, and I have people who say yes. So I saw Turner say no. Why would I not believe that there is a stool behind me? Because I don't know what's behind me. Okay, there's a lot of yeses over here. <laughs> All right, and so uh, so uh, Turner is saying that uh, since I can't physically see it and I had no knowledge of the chair behind me, I can't possibly know that there is actually a chair or stool behind me. Uh, Levi has said that uh, I should trust his word, and this half of the room apparently, not that half, uh, that there is indeed a chair or a stool behind me. Um, and so... Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go kind of with Levi on this one, that there is people that can guide me. Um, I might not be able to see it, but other people have knowledge that I might not have that can help me get to this spot. Um, and so uh, if I just uh, trust uh, Levi over here, I'm like, okay, cool, there is a chair there. Anyway, we're going to go to the next section. Uh, we're going to go turn into uh, uh, the book of Genesis. Uh, to me, that's not having faith. That is uh, agreeing with like this thing that I don't really know if it's true or not. And so in order for me to actually 
um, have faith. I kind of have to put my money where like my mouth is, and like I have to like trust that there is indeed a chair behind me. And so the only way that I can do that um, would be for you guys uh, to guide me, those who can have that information, who can see that. So like I am just like if if I fall, like my back's already messed up. So this is on you guys. So you really need to guide me um, to this stool, so or chair, or whatever. I don't know what, Drew, if there's even anything back here. So one hop. what uh, we think might be true or not. Um, uh, in, so, I mean, like, we, this is like week three or four of this, so uh, I know this question has already been presented, but, like, what is faith? Anyone? Yeah, Andre? With uh, reliance, uh, reliance on something outside of you. All right, nice. Reliance on something or someone outside of you. Anything else? Uh, belief in either something that is within your grasp or outside your grasp that you uh, have either little knowledge of or cannot see. Something that is attainable or unattainable, that is perhaps unseen. Okay. What else? Okay, I was about to ask for synonyms, and so trust is like a good synonym that a lot of us in church use for this. And so um, I'm going to actually go to the first verse of Hebrews 11, and it kind of gives me a a small definition there. So if you want to turn to Hebrews 11, verse 1, and then I will actually read um, a couple different translations for us. Um, And so I think that most everyone in this room will have one out of the ones that I will say. So if you don't, we can discuss that. But Hebrews 11, 1. Uh, Faith is the assurance slash confidence of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is the substance, reality of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um, and so, I, does everyone have one of those four words in each of those locations? So, either assurance, confidence, substance, reality. It should be... So, um, so the, the way I'm looking at this is faith is the assurance, faith is the, the substance, the reality of what's happening, of things uh, hoped for, so things that we might not see right now, but things that we hope for, things are evidence... Uh, conviction of things not seen. And so, um, I know Scott really uh, touched on this, but uh, for me, uh, an example with like the stool analogy, uh, faith is not just like a mental activity that we have um, where, oh, like I am going to trust God uh, and then I'm just going to sit here on my rear end. Um, it's a mental activity of reason. It starts there, 
but it's an experience based on choices that you make. And in doing so, making those choices and having the reason, um, you're actually experiencing what you're hoping for. Um, and so we'll really kind of like go through that whole thing. Um, but, but really what I'm saying is like faith isn't blind faith. Um, so like when someone says like, oh, like you believe in like Jesus or God, um, like how do you do that? And you know, the, the easy answer is like, well, I just have faith. Um, that's kind of like a really a cop out of like without this like reason that we actually do have. Um, like this chair began by reason, um, but it would like just be entertaining an idea if I didn't act on it. Um, what I did was I, I relied on the testimony of others, like Levi, my good friend over there, um, and I listened to that testimony um, and followed that, and I got to sit on the stool that was actually indeed there. And so, um, really, Hebrews 11 is relying on all of these people's testimonies um, to help guide us as well. And uh, I know, I'm sure you guys know this, but each time it introduces a new character in Hebrews 11, it starts by two words in front of that, of the person's name. It says, blank, blank. What? By faith. By faith. And so, um, obviously, faith is, like, really important. Um, that's why we defined it and spent so much time on that. Um, but it starts out by faith um, before it introduces the person or the character uh, in the story. Um, but uh, if you were to look at each person, which you do have the convenience of, we will be going through each person at some point uh, this semester, um, you'll find and look, if you look and pay attention, that each of these people, um, they didn't just do a mental activity by showing faith. They didn't go... Uh, Moses thought this thought and trusted God, and then he sat there and good things happened. Um, and that's why he is a hero of the faith. Um, each time they performed uh, reason and thought about it and then acted on that thought, um, which was indeed like the committed uh, faith and action. And so um, I, I like, we're just going to, uh, we're in Hebrews 11.1. 1. We're going to go down. My verse is Hebrews 11.7. Uh, we're going to actually skip past that just for a second and go to Hebrews 11.8. Um, I assume you guys are going to be talking about this next week because we're going in order. Um, but it's about Abraham and Sarah. And so just the reason I'm going on it real quick is uh, it's actually like a two for one. Um, both of them um, are, like we're talking about their faith um, individually, um, but it's like with the same story. Um, but here's what it says about Sarah. So essentially Moses and... Uh, Abraham and Sarah were both uh, too old to have children, and they ended up having children, uh, and this is what it says about Sarah. She considered him faithful who had made the promise. She had considered him faithful who had made the promise. So Sarah had thought about this, um, and she thought, what about the promise that they're going to have as many kids that... Uh, like more kids than the grains of the sand, more kids than the stars in the sky. Um, she thought about this, and what she thought about was, who is making the promise? Um, is, it, is it my husband Abraham? Is it my sister? Is it the shepherds? Uh, who is it? And it, it was God who was making the promise. And so what did she know about God? Um, she thought that um, God had been faithful to them so far, then is it reasonable to assume that he will continue to be faithful? Uh, the answer is yes, uh, but like, does she know for absolute certain that God will be faithful? No, 
like there's no certainty that God is going to be faithful. But does she have reason to believe that like he will continue to be faithful? Yes, because he hasn't been unfaithful um, yet. And so uh, that, that is kind of like the introduction here. Um, we really need to start talking about Noah. And so uh, we'll be camping out in Genesis um, chapter 6 is where we'll start. Um, the story of Noah goes over four chapters, so we'll not be reading all of that tonight. Um, but we'll start with uh, just the beginning of the introduction of Noah here. So that's in Genesis chapter 6. We'll start in verse 5, and then we'll keep going. It says, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, <laughs> and Jepheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it, and coat it with pitch uh, inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof and opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground you will, co- will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. And then we'll just keep going. Uh, Genesis 7.1. The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I found you righteous in this generation. And then just skipping down to verse 4. Seven days from now I will send rain on the earth for forty days and forty nights, and I wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when the flood waters came on the earth, and Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds and all and of all creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark as God had commanded Noah. And after the seven days, the flood waters came on the earth. So we had uh, the warning. We had uh, Noah building the ark. 
the flood is here and uh, they're on the boat and now we are going to the end Genesis chapter 8 uh, 13 through 19 and this will be the last chunk uh, by the first day of the first month of Noah's 601st year the water had dried up from the earth Noah then removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry. By the 27th day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife, and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground, so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. So Noah came out together with his sons and wife and his sons' wives. Uh, All the animals did too. Um, and so, uh, this is kind of like the rough uh, draft of the whole story. Um, there are some other numbers and stuff that happen, um, but uh, there is like a lot of uh, times and a lot of, uh, there's like a sentence that I think is important that is said multiple times, um, and it's Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Um, so each time, uh, like we see that, and I think that is interesting. So the verse that we're actually in is Hebrews 11:7. Um, this will be the last one, I promise. Um, and this is kind of what we're going to be picking apart right here. It says, By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. So I read that like a hundred times, that second sentence there. And I was very unsure of what all that meant. And so uh, I like this translation a little bit better. It kind of uh, spreads it out a little bit. It says, By faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. The result, his family was saved. His active faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. As a result, Noah became intimate with God. And so um, that, that kind of really like, paints the whole picture. I wanted us to get like, a little bit of the background of the story that I'm sure a lot of us are familiar with of you know, being painted in like, uh, nurseries and painted you know, uh, like VBS lessons are being taught on it and things like that. You know, we have two animals that are going into the ark. Um, but uh, the first thing that sticks out to me is, like, it says, by faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. And so uh, at this point, like, you know, he built the ship. There's no ocean, no seas, uh, no body of water, not even, like, a pond that was, like, close to build the ship. Um, and at this point, uh, I, I really did my research as best I can. Uh, rain is not a concept yet. Uh, there's no mention of, like, rain. Uh, so... Uh, my assumption is that uh, Noah did not have a notion of water falling from the sky or flood waters rising up from the ground um, in either direction. And so I think, like, if I don't have that, those concepts, then I, like, question this, like, even more of, like, man, like, I'm building a ship, I'm not by, like, a body of water, and then, B, I don't have a concept of water coming up or down. Uh, so, like, how is this, like, you know, why am I building this ship? Um, he was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. And so I think this is uh, like a good parallel to uh, you know, like how Sarah um, acted as well. Um, I like just uh, Genesis 6, 
the end of verse 9, it says, Noah walked faithfully with God. And so um, in Hebrews, I don't really see a lot of like the reason uh, behind the, ac- the action. Uh, but when I read uh, Genesis 6 there, uh, you know, he was righteous, he was blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. And so Noah has experience walking with God. Uh, Noah hasn't like, just like, heard God for the first time to build the ark and became a Christian and like, wanted to follow God. Um, Noah already had this relationship, and he was walking with God, and he was walking faithfully with God. And so for me, that's like what Sarah was uh, talking about when it was like she considered who had made the promise. Uh, I, I believe like Noah is here in the exact same boat. He's in the same position, a different boat. He's building it. Um, uh, that he has spent time with God. He has known God. He knows like the character of God. And he knows that God is faithful. And so he will continue to be so. Um, he has no reason to believe otherwise. Um, and so uh, I wanted to kind of go over three different points that I kind of got out of the story about Noah. Um, and the first thing is um, weight slash timing is everything. Um, the time difference between uh, Genesis, Genesis 6-3 and Genesis 6-8 uh, is approximately 120-ish years. Um, and so uh, lots of math happened. Uh, so approximately Noah spent about 75 years um, building the ark. Um, it says that Noah's sons uh, had wives that were to go on the ark. So we're giving like 20-ish years that it took for them to find wives uh, from, you know, 20-ish years. So it's taking me a little bit longer, so uh, we'll see. But, uh, and so 20-ish years uh, for them, so that about 75 years to build the ark. Um, and so uh, if I do like some simple math in my head right now, Simple math, it's not. Uh, 75 years uh, out of Noah's like 600-ish year lifespan, uh, I will be 75 to 100 years old, uh, unless like modern medicine is crazy. So that's like around 15 years of my life uh, equivalent that I would spend building an ark. Um, and so uh, that, that is a lot of time. Uh, and then uh, this kind of surprised me too. Um, it says uh, in Genesis that uh, it was like 120 days of like the flood water. If we add up all the time, uh, we add the months that is talked about each time the dove goes out and the raven goes out. Um, we add all that up. It's 377 days um, from when they got on the ark for when they had to wait the seven days for the flood for when they're on the ark and they finally got out and God said, hey, you can come out. And they did 377 days to come out of the ark which is uh, a little over a year. And so, uh, man, that is a lot of time uh, that uh, Noah and his family uh, spent uh, in preparation as well as uh, when it was actually happening. And so for me, uh, I get like really impatient about things. Uh, I'm sure a lot of us do too. Um, But for me, you know, I, I sometimes question like God's timing and so, like, I can't imagine uh, building a boat, a, a large boat, like the biggest boat that's ever been built, uh, in the middle of a desert that's nowhere near water, uh, and I don't have a concept of kind of water coming uh, up or down, uh, and then I build the boat. And then I build that for 
um, you know, equivalent of like my lifespan of like 15 years. I've spent 15 years building the boat. All the while, people are walking around who are evil, saying, "Are you kidding me? Like you're building a boat? Like have you like look around? You know?" Um, and so, uh, yeah, and, and Noah did everything just as God commanded him. And so, I'm um, just waiting and uh, doing the right time. Uh, seven days before uh, the flood happened, God told them, hey, like, it's ready, like, get on. Um, and so uh, I just can, like, imagine uh, me being like, like, I really need, like, another day. I just really need to, like, make another sweep uh, to make sure all the birds are here. Uh, just, you know, I feel really bad if I left them. Um, so, you know, uh, like, but when God said they were ready, they got on and, uh, you know, they shut the door. And so, um, you know, it, my, my first question is, you know, like, what, what am I waiting for? Like, what are you waiting for? Um, but then I was thinking about, uh, I am waiting on stuff, but I don't think that's the problem that I have. I think the problem is, like, what is something that I'm rushing, uh, that I'm waiting on, that I need to wait on? <laughs> and, uh... Uh, and in that, the question really is, like, do I trust God um, in that? So uh, for me, like, I had a really, like, interesting uh, experience one time. I don't know why I said interesting. It's not really. I, I used to run a lot. And so I was running, uh, like, a, a lot of miles one day. And I was thinking about my future, uh, just like the rest of college at that point. And I was like, man, like, God, like, I don't know. Like, should I take this step? And, like, if I take this step, like, it's going to change, like, a lot of my trajectory, like, I don't know if I should, like, take that, and, uh, you know, I was thinking about it, and I was like, man, like, I don't really have a lot of time to make this decision, um, and God just, like, told me, wait, and I was like, man, that is awful, <laughs> like, I can't wait, I have a timeline, and, and, and God told me, uh, like, waiting doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a long time, right, like, I can, God can tell me to wait, and it can happen in five seconds, uh, God can tell me to wait, it could be 40 years, um, but the, the concept is the same. Uh, like, my, my obedience is, like, I'm waiting for, uh, like, his time and not on my schedule. And so, um, yeah, like, Noah waited, and, um, like, he realized that timing was everything. If he, if he rushed the job and didn't do it to the exact specifications, uh, that's not being obedient to God, and thus for he'd be just like the other people that are not going to be on the boat. Um, the second thing is, is essentially going off of that is, like, who is in charge? Uh, uh, another way to say this is, like, you know, leave closed doors closed. Uh, I can imagine uh, being on the boat, and uh, maybe there's, like, a news station that's happening right now, and they're like, ah, Noah and, you know, the, his seven uh, sons and their wives are on the boat, leaving everyone else um, to surely die and perish. Uh, what an awful person, uh, just, just the worst, killing everyone, uh, condemning the world, you know. Um, but uh, so, like, if you imagine, like, Noah left the door open uh, and people were to get on, uh, kind of defeats the whole purpose of what God was doing. Of These people are, uh, Noah has been faithful and obeyed me. Uh, these people have not. Uh, we're kind of just starting from scratch again. Like, Noah, like, you're, you're going to be it. Um, if, if a, one of these people who were not obeying God were to get on the boat, uh, it kind of ruins it. Um, sometimes I like to open doors, or at least attempt to open doors, that I know have been closed 
and has long been closed. Uh, I try to open it with my fingers and even the nails. Uh, I sometimes try to go grab a crowbar. Uh, sometimes I try to go grab a battering ram to, to really just try to get anything. Um, leave it shut. Uh, what if Noah opened the literal door of the ark? Uh, a lot of water would come in, uh, killing everything. Um, what happens if Noah let more people in the ark? Defeats the whole purpose. Um, what happens if Noah, instead of building the ark, went to go try to preach to the people and say, hey, come and repent. Uh, you know, my boat's leaving. And uh, really soon, um, uh, Noah knew that the door was already shut uh, on the people that was not uh, given to him, as well as uh, when the boat's door shut, uh, it was shut and it wasn't going to open until God um, said so. Um, so just kind of going off that one as well, um, uh, you know, like what if Noah, instead of building the ark, went to go preach to the people? Um, for me is, uh, you know, what if, what if Noah didn't build the ark? Or maybe he did build the ark, but went and did other things as well. Um, and to get ahead, ahead of myself, um, oh, no, in the same way, but like, you know, closing doors, but stewarding what is yours is the third point. Um, what has been given to you, uh, do it well, and if it's not been, uh, it's not for you. Uh, but, you know, like, what if Noah questioned God and said, uh, God, like, are you, are you sure, like, this is how big the ark is supposed to be? Um, God, like, are you sure I should even build the ship? It, it, it's really dry outside. Um, or maybe, like, this one, like, really resonates with me. Uh, God, I actually know a shortcut. I'm actually going to build it my way. Um, and so, like, you know, my question is, like, am I trying to do something my way and not God's way? Um, and, like, uh, what, what really fascinates me about this story is actually, you know, I like birds and animals and things like that. And so I kind of, you know, went to Google and I said, you know, how did Noah know that he got two of every, you know, species? Like, you know, I, I, I would be, it sounds like a, a nightmare. Uh, the way that we have come up with species is kind of arbitrary. Uh, like sometimes we say that, you know, it's two uh, separate groups of animals that can't produce an offspring. And then we know that a lot of birds have hybrids with one another. So there'll be weird stuff and those things can produce offspring. And so kind of the definition gets mixed around every year, like the birding community, like these people who are really high up, they determine, hey, should we split species or should we clump them back together? And so they're always changing that. And so for me, I'm like, man, like did Noah grab everything? Like how did he know? And just thinking about it, like, he has the whole world. Uh, you know, I, I haven't seen all the birds that have ever been in Lubbock before. And, and this guy had to do that with not birds, but animals and snakes and insects and, you know, all these different things. And how is he even catching these birds? Does he have a giant net? Um, um, but if you look back in the story, it, it's really interesting uh, that God did not provide instructions to Noah how to gather the animals. Um, like what God gave uh, no instructions was for to build the ship and to make sure that the animals are on the boat, uh, but not how to get the animals on the boat. Um, it says, uh, uh, you are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures. It doesn't say go around uh, the whole world, gather them all up, and make sure they get in the ark. Um, then in uh, Genesis 7, it actually says, 
the pairs of clean and unclean animals, birds, creatures, all that stuff, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark as God had commanded Noah. And so, uh, in reality, Noah was just to get him on the boat. God was the one bringing the animals to the ark. And so Noah's job was to build the ark with the specific instructions the Lord had given him um, and not anything else. And so, for me, you know, I'd be worrying about all these other things that um, God hadn't instructed me to. Um, I'd be like, I need to build the ship. I need to gather all the animals. I need to make sure that all the food's being grown so I can harvest it at the right time so it gets on the ship. Um, but God's only instruction to Noah was uh, build the ship, bring your sons and their wives, no more, no less. And so uh, kind of the questions that I, I was asking myself is, like, what is, God call, uh, what is God not calling me to, even the, if it appears to be something good? Um, I'm sure it like, seemed really good to maybe uh, bring other people on the boat, um, maybe uh, to rush the job of, I'm tired of building this boat, and uh, it doesn't really seem like it's going to rain or anything like that. I'm, I'm wasting my life on this calling that I, I don't even, like, did I even hear God 75 years ago? Like, I'm not even sure. Um, and then, you know, maybe I'm doing something that God isn't calling me to, but what if I'm not doing something that God is calling me to? Kind of the opposite. Um, like, what am I being hesitant or I, I'm not taking... Uh, the e- like I'm trying to take the easy way out and uh, keep ignoring what God is calling me to, even though I know I need to take that. And so those are kind of the three things I got out of that, of um, you know, what God has given to me, I want to steward that well. I want to do um, those instructions well. And, and if it's not for me, then maybe uh, like I shouldn't be doing those things. And then you know, like there's a time for everything, um, and maybe I need to trust God on that timing instead of fitting it nice and neat on my timeline to, to see where God has it on his. And then, you know, I think most importantly, like, I need to know who's in charge. I know that, you know, I might be building the ark, but God is telling me how to build that ark. Um, if he's told me to shut the door or open it, uh, it's, it's on his timing, but uh, I need to know that it's, it's God's do, God doing that. Um, just real quickly as we close this up, uh, my portion of it, uh, uh, the last two verses of Hebrews 11 uh, are really interesting to me. I actually had to ask uh, Scott about it because I was, I was just really, really confused. And I know you guys are going to go over this later at the, the end of all of this. Um, but it, it's just really interesting to me. It, it says, these, these uh, all the people that have been mentioned by faith in Hebrews 11, these were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. And so, um, like just, you know, Noah was commended for his faith, um, yet he did not receive what was promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with Noah, or only together with us, Noah would be made perfect. And so this really, really confused me, because I'm like, man, like my faith is like essentially like helping like without me or without our faith uh noah's faith uh doesn't get him like the the full promise and what the full promise is 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 like eternal life with uh god in heaven and so uh this was like really conflicting to me because like i can look through all these stories and essentially no one no one not noah no one gets uh even kind of what they were promised uh you know, the, the promise was like fulfilled, but they didn't get to see that in the full effect. 
Like Moses didn't get to go um, and, and like see the promised land. Like he led them there, but like he didn't get to see that full promise. Abraham didn't get to see you know multiple multiple generations that um, exceeded the stars in the sand. Um, Noah did get to uh, you know the flood happened. You know the water receded. He got out, but like. I, the promise was like, I'll never flood the earth and kill everyone again. Uh, like I, he, he didn't, like in his lifetime he saw that, but he doesn't know after that um, if that promise was fulfilled or not. And so all of them kind of really didn't even get to see what was promised uh, like uh, in their lifetime, even though the promises were fulfilled. Um, but this is talking about like this even higher promise um, uh, of, of, you know, like what, what is that promise that, you know, that we our promise that we will receive. Um, and so uh, <laughs> it is uh, not by their faith that they are saved uh, because uh, that, like, that is not a concept in Old Testament times. Uh, they weren't doing uh, like these actions uh, to be saved by God um, because like, we know like, if you sinned in the Old Testament, you had a sacrifice, took it to the temple and said, hey, like, I've sinned, I lied a lot, here's the sheep, uh, you know, kill it, burn it. God looks down and says, man, it smells really good. I can't really see much. Uh, should be good. Um, but now that Jesus has come, uh, uh, spoiler, Jesus is coming and he dies for us. Um, but uh, like, it, like this, this gift that he has promised through Jesus is so great um, that uh, you know, it, it would cover our sins uh, right now, but it's also covering the sins uh, like of the past. Um, that So like, uh, since God has planned something better for us, so that only together with us, the, th- the gift that has given, been given to us, uh, would they be made perfect. And so, um, uh, I just had like you know that uh, definition at the very beginning uh, that said that uh, you know faith is not just a mental activity. It starts there, but it's an experience based on choices you make. And so, like we see that you know Noah made several choices. Uh, the first one was uh, prior to everything that he was faithful to God and walked with God. Um, but like, if that was it and he decided not to build the ark, uh, like he would not be obeying God. He'd be disobedient. And so he would be put to the you know, other side that uh, everyone would be evil um, in that day. And so instead, he was obedient to God. He uh, did everything just as God commanded him. And thus for he did this line of separation of uh, now there is a distinction between uh, there was, but this is like a, uh, like I, I can see it in real time that uh, these people all had the opportunity for 120 years uh, to to like change their ways, and and the only person that uh, did action on that was Noah, and so uh, making that decision, and while Noah was building this. Um, he, he did get to experience what he was hoping for in the future. Um, and so I, I just like implore you to look at that uh, as other characters that we'll talk about at the end of the semester, or throughout the semester, um, that these people are uh, making a, a irrational decision of, oh, that, that makes sense of why I'm doing this. I'm not doing this just because uh, like someone told me to, even if it is God. Um, like I'm thinking about this. It's good to ask questions, um, but... Uh, maybe I can't see this, but the actions I'm doing uh, based on those things, um, I'm actually getting to experience um, what I'm hoping for in the future. 
And so like, I, I can think of that like, really good correlation with Abraham and Sarah. Uh, I won't do that because I'll talk another 15 minutes. Um, but like, I, I would like, you know, next week when you guys are looking at them, I, I'd really like, while, this, while they're waiting for what they're hoping for, like, are they experiencing that end result a little bit at, the to- at, at, at each time? And like, like, the answer is yes. And so um, that's it. Uh, in your small groups, you're kind of going over those three uh, things that I talked about of stewarding things well, uh, who's in charge, and, and that time, and just kind of going over those questions uh, that I was uh, pondering myself throughout this week um, and last week when writing this. And, uh, yeah, I hope uh, you got a lot out of it besides just knowing that, you know, two lions and two zebras were on the ship. Um, but hopefully, like, a faith that, um, that we can imitate, uh, not, not that we'd be, like, a duplicate copy of Noah, um, but we would have faith that, um, you know, that we do something about it. So that is it.